I, it's like it's like I said. Don't worry about the spike. It, I'll fix it after. I'm just gonna drive it into his throat. What? Okay. Don't don't. What the fuck? Why are you bringing it up to Gus right now? He's not supposed to know until later. <laughs> no, I'm too innocent. See it's now, a, he, now okay, he fucking it's, knows. It's okay. He'll you, go to the good place. Hell. Oh, you, hey. Okay, cool. Hell's where all the cool people are at. There you go. Then you're gonna heaven. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's not cool enough. I don't oh, want to worship him. <laughs> fine, fine. Let's settle on um, purgatory. There you go. There we go. You ever seen uh, American Werewolf in London? We'll just send that's me what to you're the gonna land, do. To the to the plane where all the Shinigami are at. Yeah. De Death Note style. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh man. Well, everybody. It's your host with the most. Don't mean to brag. Don't mean to boast. It's your boy, Johnny B. Very creepy today. Very creepy today. Very Man, creepy. I usually let you come up with these, and when it, I, I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm, I have a feeling that I'm gonna have to start coming up with these because you just fucking lag hard. Yeah. Like you're, you're just falling flat every fucking time now. Yeah, I used so to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. And I'm here today with, first, I'm going to introduce our guest. It's the lovely Miss Jeannie. Hola. Yeah, she, she. Uh. I waved, not that anybody can see that. Yeah, no, nobody can see that. Yeah, sorry. I waved to everyone out there in radio. Yes, yeah, so, sorry, sorry, Jeannie. That's not how it works it's here. Like, it's like a phone call. It's like you can't help but point. Why can't you? No one can see me. Yeah, no, sorry. It doesn't work that way. I've tried. Yeah, sorry. So sorry about all the makeup that you put on. It's not going to be necessary. Well, shit. Yeah. And we're also here today with um, uh, Sir Rocket. And the, the, the guy in the corner over here. What's his name again? I'm incredibly tired. What's your, uh, guys. Yeah, what, what's your name again? Uh, 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 we're Gus. here with incredibly tired. It's, uh, gas, it's, Gas. It's last name the intern, first name Gus. A gas the intern? Gassy intern? Yeah. Gas? Here with gas I mean, does that mean you are gassy? Are we gonna have to plug our noses throughout this podcast? Yeah. I, let it all I, out I have some gas. <laughs> I, I have some gas X in my purse if you would you like go. some. That way. What was see. that while I was at work? Holy crap, dude! Your purse? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I leave that at home. <laughs> That's neither oh. here nor there. <laughs> no, oh, I'm fuck. not gassy at all. It's fine. I let it all on the. Amazon oh my god mm. all right but yeah what's up guys welcome to another session of media speakeasy and i'm here with our guest and our usual too and today's topic of discussion that we have going for us today is 1980s horror films anything any anything from 1980 to 1989 counts fuck yeah so i mean we obviously decided to choose this because there's a lot of like landmark moments in the 1980s as far as horror goes because that's when horror started picking up traction again there's because I, I know when i think of good horror movies most of the movies i think of come from the 1980s yeah well it's actually very very true the 1980s was in a manner of speaking the golden age of horror films so one thing i was talking about with johnny before you guys all got here is you know, I've watched numerous documentaries on 1980s horror, and back then, horror was like such a boom. Um, prior to the 1980s, a lot of movie theaters did not want to pick up horror films because they were afraid of like poor box office numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in the 1980s, I guess there was some kind of shift 
people were lining up around the block to go see horror movies. Uh-huh. So all of these little independent production companies started popping up left and right, many of which have folded now, that were just churning out horror film after horror film and have given us wonderful classics yeah. in all genres of horror. Everything from slasher to supernatural to um oh gosh what the, the, yeah, psychological so, so many subgenres is, is there a specific uh 80s film that kind of kick-started this whole boom uh, not necessarily because there's th- there was it was just like it's like just one of those things like it was just a resurgence of something it just it kind was, of just, just kicked up actually technically this wasn't in the 80s it was uh 77 yeah. or 78 uh my simpsons comic book guy knowledge gets, <laughs> is getting a little bit lost here but halloween the first yeah. one the original okay. one that was 78 yes was it 78 well, i believe it was either 77 or 78 but that is what a lot of people a lot of these documentaries claim was the movie that changed kick people's kickstarted kick it yeah because yeah. halloween what a perfect title for exactly for something <laughs> to kickstart this boom of horror boom well it, right i mean it got, from what I remember on a documentary I watched, originally limited release. But yeah. it no sold so well that more theaters started picking it up. At, because the numbers, you know, the numbers weren't lying. People were okay. lining up to, to go see this movie. So after Halloween, somebody else jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, the Man- Mancuso, I, I think, to do Friday the 13th. And then yeah. Friday the 13th did really well. Evil Dead ended up performing very well for being technically speaking a college film and that created like this chain reaction that resulted in the 1980s golden age of horror and correct me if i'm wrong wasn't it the 1980s horror movies specifically friday the 13th that moved the big release date for movies into the summer oh yeah 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 which is where we got summer blockbusters Uh yeah It, it started with horror films and like it's like one of those things like you can't necessarily pinpoint you know which films ex- like like there's a couple of films you can like obviously point out okay these are the films that kind of re like brought a lot of things back like uh when i was looking this up i i know we're going to talk about it later but i'm going to just bring this up to like just make my point um american werewolf in london was a film that like werewolves had been long gone oh yeah for a really long time not since the 1930s the 19 after after the wolfman after all the black and white wolf movies had come and gone the 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 wolf genre had been done to death nobody wanted to pick it up right they thought it was pretty much done and then when american werewolf in london started doing its thing that's when it started getting traction again that one and the howling and then there's also another one that a lot of people don't talk about that was kind of hidden in the background that what it wasn't as successful but it was there was wolfen oh, wolfen yeah. is another one that's obscure yeah it's one of the no most one obscure talks ones about that movie yeah exactly oh oh the 80s also had um in the company of wolves also a werewolf movie a lot of people don't consider it horror because it's not like uh, tons of death it's just like tales like, yeah Almost like a, and I don't even want to say anthology, that's not the correct term, but, you know, different stories about werewolf lore, I guess, that originated in Europe. I'm not entirely sure, but that's another werewolf movie mm-hmm. from the 80s that kind of helped spur that on. Yeah. yeah. 
But um, so we're, what we went through and did was we each picked one to two films each, which is pretty much we have our picks, like our top picks, and then we have our honorable mentions, pretty much our secondary picks. Our uh, close but no cigars. Yeah, close but no cigars. Um, and uh, we pretty much like we're gonna pretty much just go and have at pretty much dissecting all these films and pretty much bringing forth information that you guys either know already or didn't know yet. Uh, so without further ado, as usual, take it away, Gusty Intern. So, so, what did you end up so, 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 so hold on. I, I want to. I'm gonna point this out in usual fashion because it's in my likelihood oh, to do it. You know, because it's me. I'm the host. I'm the one that does this. I'm the one that brings everything. Um, guess he didn't do his homework. Guess he didn't do his homework again. It's please. Gus the intern. Don't take out the whip, Papa John, please. That that that's that's why that's why he's the intern. That's exactly why because okay. he's never ready. I'm gonna get my spiked paddle, young man. Because <laughs> I gave you a list of movies to oh, watch yeah. and you ignored me. Uh huh. So uh, okay, what what'd you choose in the car ride right, on the way over here? All right, here? look. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you choose in the car ride over here? Yeah. Okay. He was I on do, his he was on his phone like shit 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 shit. I do one. vaguely remember watching Chucky. Like, at okay. least oh, okay. the original Child's Play. Right, yeah. There was the one I, I do remember as very couple... Like, moments of it? Moments the of Bride the, of, of Chucky when... doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it better be the OG one that Honestly, came out like in 88 or 89. I thought it was pretty cool because for, for the longest growing up, I was like, where the hell did this Chucky doll come from and its origins and all that? And I've never seen it as a kid, but co- going back to, like, I think a year ago, when I first saw, like, glimpse of the beginning i'm like holy shit it was actually a voodoo voodoo magic from this fucking psychopath oh, yeah. yeah serial killer yeah serial killer. Serial, uh charles lee charles, charles ray. lee ray yeah, yeah. i uh, thought it was pretty dope i was like okay some, all right something so that really explains why it's fucking immortal <laughs> that some something really crazy about uh the chucky films for me was that i didn't even start with watching the first one i jumped into the third one first because oh the one where he's in he military yeah, yeah military school military school I yeah I I, 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 I the reason <laughs> military it was a military academy he's of high school age now and I guess Chucky has been in the rear view for years and yeah dun 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 yeah oh that'd be so he comes funny, back though. I just imagine Chucky the doll being in military school having to get a haircut no 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 no, no, no the no, kid no, yeah. Andy the kid oh, Andy okay. like I said he's in no. he's in his teens he's at a military academy I haven't seen the third one since it came out on video video VHS <laughs> I'm dating myself for, here for but, you guys, for you kids who don't know right blockbuster um Brought to you by Brockbuster. Yeah, exactly. Back when you could rent a movie at a physical store. (laughs) Back when you had to rewind Um, it physically. But I think the deal is, okay, obviously, if you've seen the second one, Andy's mother gets thrown in a lunatic asylum over her story. I forgot about it. Right, over her story about Chucky, and then he winds up in foster care. Chucky finds him at his foster parents' house. Yeah. Elementary school kills the teacher, kills the foster parents so this is like fast forward several years i'm assuming he's at this military academy <laughs> because he's a ward of the state yeah and he's uh this is around like yeah you're right it's between middle school and high school when 
when this film pretty much takes off. I think high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that when I initially watched it, like, okay, so basically here's what happened. Okay, uh, don't come after me because this is this wasn't my fault. This was my family's fault. Okay, see, I live with a bunch of Hispanic people all my life, and we don't like paying for shit. So we went out and we were out in the in Los Angeles. Uh, the the guy it's called the Callejones. Uh, they usually have the they have the the guy usually with his like blanket full of like pirated DVDs sitting on the sidewalk. Like, like that. That's literally what he did. Um, my my brother, for no apparent reason, I guess my brother was in a, the the Chucky franchise when um, uh, when he was younger. So he was just like, "Hey, like I I remember this movie," and he ended up uh, grabbing it. And it's funny because he never watched it. I was the one that actually grabbed the one, and I decided to watch it. And I actually ended up liking it, and, and it really tripped me out because I was at the, for some reason, at that age that I was in, I was still in elementary school when I first watched it. I fucking hated horror films. I was fucking <laughs> terrified of horror films. Like I could not do one to save my life. But after I after I watched this movie, it kind of like, you know, kickstarted kind of like a little bit of my like, you know, like interest into horror. So like it's so interesting that that gr that the Gruss 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 brought that up. Uh, Gus brought that up. Because that's like legit, probably one of the first horror films that I fully watched by myself. Oh, I the third one. And then after that, when I watched the third one, we went back and we, we had a video store down the street. And I watched the first one and then the second one. That's so funny that it was one of your first. Because it was one of my last of the classical 80s that I've ever watched. Oh, wow. Because growing up, I loved horror movies. I've always loved horror movies. always watched them. Would not watch Child's Play until after high school. Because I had such a huge fear of dolls when I was a kid. <laughs> My sisters all had... I have three sisters. They all had porcelain dolls. Oh, that's why. Every single one porcelain of them. Porcelain dolls do look freaky Porcelain dolls are some of the most scariest things you'll ever I think, I think they're beautiful, but when the lights are on. When the lights are off, those things literally look like they're making evil faces oh, at you. And their eyes are open really and any light is in the... But I would not watch it. And I remember going into a Spencer's once, and the Spencer's, for some reason, always carried life-size yeah, Chucky, Chucky dolls. dolls. Right. And I, I never I remember went that. I, I'm sorry, for, for the initiated already that know this, the, the good guy dolls. The good yeah, guy the, dolls. Yeah, the, the good, good guy dolls. dolls. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for me, also being um, of Hispanic, well, actually, Latina origin. So, for any... Latinos or Hispanics listening out there, you guys might agree, you guys might disagree, but really, our parents do not monitor what we watch no, when they we're don't. children. No, they don't. They really don't. Just, it's like, eh, whatever, le gusta, y ya está. <laughs> um, so He's my, out of my hair. Exactly. My introduction into horror was my older brother. This is still in the 80s. Um... He, I don't know how my brother got into horror films, but he was into horror films. My earliest childhood memories of the 1980s and early 90s is my brother getting a TV set and a VHS player for his bedroom <laughs> and my parents giving him the VHSs of Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> basically whatever horror movie his little heart desired. Um... At the time, we had just moved into our, our house. Um, I didn't like the idea of having my own bedroom because when, in our little duplex that we lived in in Torrance before my parents bought a house, 
my brother and I shared a room. I did not want my own room. I wanted to. <laughs> I, I still wanted to room with my brother. I was terrified of being left by myself. And his thing was like, you can't sleep in here unless you watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, or I'm gonna watch. Um, I'm gonna watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Or, actually, I watch Tales from the Crypt every night before bed. <laughs> so, if you want to sleep in here, you got to make it through an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Hey. And that was his way of, like, torturing me as a child. Because he was happier than a pig and shit that he had his own room. <laughs> did not want to share his room with his baby sister anymore. And me, it was just, please let me stay here. Nope, Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> you gotta watch it or you gotta get out so I would end up watching them and actually I ended up realizing very early on like I really love this stuff <laughs> so that was my introduction like I do not remember ever not watching horror films I basically was brought, brought up, up on, on them. them yeah so what exact so what point in time did uh Chucky like rear his ugly little head in your life like when exactly when it came out when it came out like when exactly it came out. yeah um it was the big horror film uh god i think it was 88 or 89 88. Yeah. yeah it was 88. Yeah, it was 88 i was four years old god damn it i told people how old i am um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was four years old and i remember like everyone that was older than me like oh my god oh my god oh my god you gotta see this movie called child's play there's this creepy doll named chucky and he kills everybody it's the scariest <laughs> thing ever oh my god i hate dolls that's, that's oh my great god, I hate dolls. yeah was that i heard more of people having like that phobia of dolls oh, when yeah. chucky came out that had yeah. to be a huge inspiration oh yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah. A creepy definitely child doll, make him a serial killer right yeah. even done even though there were other horror movies with, with dolls that, pre dolls that yeah. predate yeah. Chucky. So there was the movie Dolly Dearest and then there was Dolls. Yeah. But for whatever reason, people lost their shit when like, Child's Play came out. Were, were they like Chuckly? Ch uh, Chuckly. Were I they like Chuckly. Chucky in that they were like sentient? They um, Most of them kind of didn't run around. A yeah, lot of them yeah, was yeah, kind yeah. of a, like yeah, Talking I'm, Tina. Yeah, like Talking Tina Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah, that's exactly right. what I was just about to bring up. Yeah, Dolly Dearest. Oh, gosh. We're going off topic here. But it wasn't like Child's Play where it was the ghost of a serial killer that possessed a doll. Um, I remember Dolly Dearest takes place in Mexico. An American family inherits a doll factory. And the little girl falls in love with this doll. But somehow the doll winds up being possessed by something and is a killer. So it's... It, and then dolls... I don't even really remember that movie that well. There's no explanation, to, from what I remember, of why these dolls are... Yeah. yeah, I can't think of any reason why. I can't remember. But oh, it's... Yeah. That, but yeah, yeah, that film... Chucky, Child's Play yeah, was the one Child's that like, really... Yeah, like, it was it was a huge movie. It, yeah, it was, it was a staple of its time. It like, definitely started moving things a different direction for a lot of... And that's, and that's like a really interesting uh, pick because it... He, he went he went well into the 90s like Chucky just like cruised he's, on in well he's well, even got new releases coming in now just this yeah year. here's the crazy thing about child's play though so originally it was a trilogy mm -hmm. so you had one two three, three yeah for the majority of the 90s because I want to say the third one came out like 92 93 ish 
Perhaps... I, I, I think it was 92, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, so it was very early 90s. Then you hear nothing about Child's Play or Chucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until my freshman year of high school when Bride of Chucky came out. It was the 1998, 1990 school, yep. year, school year. Yeah, it was the fall of 1998. I had just started my freshman year of high school. So there was no word of Chucky or Child's Play from 1992. Then all of a sudden in 98... There was a resurgence of Chucky, and then you yeah. have Bride of Chucky a couple years later, Seed of Chucky, yeah. then uh, the Curse, old, and, Curse, Curse and, Chucky. and then the new one insert, that came out, Colt. Yeah, Colt. Insert, insert random word. Yeah, something of, of Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was so cool because it was, it was different for its time, especially considering... Look at all the, like, serial killers and all the slasher flakes that had come out previously. Like... You had stuff like um, Nightmare on Elm Street. You had Jason. You and like you had a bunch of the like low budget killers too. You know, like so it was so interesting that a the doll. The slasher fil- film genre. Yeah. Of the 80s there's something, huge. And there's something the, the, about the, a doll because people the, the, people own these things, and that's here, what gets. Here's gets here's something interesting. That, here's something interesting that I'm gonna bring up, um, and I don't know if you guys know this. Um, but I, I, I ended up really liking the Chucky series. I mean, it's not my favorite. It's, it's like not even close to my favorite as far as like yeah, but 80s comes good. out. It's still, yeah. it's still there. Yeah. But, um, I did a lot of research on it and like, I, I honestly like just in, I had the same exact question that, that Gus had, like, where exactly did this damn film come from? You know, a lot of inspiration from the writer himself, it drew from Apparently, an actual haunted doll named Robert the Doll. It's a doll that actually exists. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, Son of a bitch. it's a doll that apparently was given to this little boy by um, the maid. This was a really long time ago. I don't even remember like. Wasn't it like the, the 40s or something? It was something? a long it was, time No, ago. way, way earlier than that. Oh, like, it was way it was earlier. 18, 1800s. Oh, somewhere, okay. somewhere along the line, there was this really, really wealthy family. Who um, they had a maid. Uh, they were really cool with her, you know. Like, and then one day I, I forgot what happened, but the father really fucked up and pissed off the maid. Oh no, he was given it in 1906. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I knew it was somewhere like in the late 1800s, Very like summer. Yeah. But uh, the maid got really pissed, and uh, before she left the house, she gave the son, whom she she had a really close relationship with, a doll. Who, which she happened to actually have like hexed herself. Yeah, she it was black magic and voodoo. She had hexed it herself. And then after that, the doll would walk around, do things on its own, and then just like just like you watch in child's play, it's the usual, but the doll did it, the doll did it, and like nobody would believe the kid. And mm-hmm. eventually that family moved out and they left the doll in the attic of the house. No, he had that doll for, for his, really for Oh yeah, his for his entire, entire life, life yeah. until he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he oh, would talk and, to it and then, until he died. And then that's when it was left uh, in the attic or the basement of a house. And then whoever moved in afterwards, they found the doll. Right. And then mm-hmm. and then eventually, like, after a while, like, the doll ended up in a museum. And it's in a museum now. It's in display. Yeah. The greatest part about this whole damn thing is that the doll actually fucking, like, aged. Not, like, wear and tear age where, like, it starts looking faded. No, like, the hair that it had on its head started turning, like, white. Its skin started actually, like, drooping. Like, it actually doesn't aged. That, doesn't that thing turn its head from time to time? Yeah. The the, the crazy oh, thing... The thing, the thing that's crazy about it is that, one, you need to ask it permission before you take its picture, because if not, it'll curse you. Yeah. And then on top of that, well, a lot how of... Do, how does it respond with the yes? 
Does it not a yes? I have. I, I think it's just a. Can I take your picture? Yeah, yeah you just. You're giving it a warning of some. Yeah, sort. exactly. Just, someone's like, oh shit, and they just ask real quick. Right. Can I take I a mean, picture? <laughs> yeah, and then and then a lot of what the the um the night guards uh, talk about is that they'll see little fingerprints on the glass where he like he'll come out or they'll find him in different areas of the museum every night. Wait, what? It's, it's outside th- of his glass. Outside of his glass. He le- he apparently, according to the 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 owner, but he wants pl- to stay pl- play- playfully. Well, where is play- it gonna go? Yeah. Playful, playfully, the right, owner's like somebody to creep out. Yeah, playfully, the owner of the uh, museum, he's like, oh yeah, he, you know, he just he's a tourist. He just likes to have fun, why you know. Isn't he, why isn't he being examined by science? Because is how so is weird? science going to explain that? Yeah, I, no, science, I know that, but like observation, like well, right, but put science, a security camera. Yeah, has you, science ever been able to prove religion? No, there are some things that are. Just Not unexplainable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What but are you gonna do? Go up to a scientist and go, "Here, science this." Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I like, don't know. Like, no one's been observe able observe it. Have someone observe it and be like, "Here, you're oh, gonna no, be they, here for a while." They, they have, and which watch is, and be like, "Right." They have. I dare you they have, which is why they have, which is why they have like actual proof that he actually genuinely moves. Wow. You know, they have. But they can't explain they the why. See, I they mean, that's send, like asking. Yeah, that's what I that's mean. like asking a doctor to find where the soul is yeah can't find it they can't find it exactly. we all lose 21 grams when we die You're and they people have the theory that those 21 grams is when the soul leaves the body but has anyone ever been able to find a soul no, no. can't happen <laughs> but uh yeah back on the topic though um child's play good film i enjoyed it i have a real quick story go for it i remember back in the old days when i used to live in l.a um, when I was a kid, my mom, we got a Chucky doll, I think, from a little tiny Chucky doll. Why? From a, it's probably what my mom thought, because <laughs> let me tell you, we got Again, it from an arcade, hold on, hold on, I'm hold on, certain. Hold on. Again, Hispanic parents. Yeah. Very, very, very poor, poor decisions. Very, very superstitious, too. Because my mom did not like that doll. She wanted that fucker <laughs> in the garage. She's like, don't don't bring that doll anywhere near here. Not even out of the house, just in the garage. No, yeah, dude. Like, she was genuinely afraid of that thing. And the whole time, I'm just like, what are you? What is there to be afraid of? It's just a doll. If anything, I wanted to play with the damn thing. I thought it was really cool. And then they're like, no, we got to send it in the garage. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I actually have a story somewhat related to Chucky, too. Okay, so Child's Play came out, like I said, 88. Um, I had this talking doll. It was at the height of technology for toys in the 1980s, you know, kind of along with Teddy Ruxpin was. But this <laughs> this was a talking doll named Julie. Um, you could program her to remember your name. When you turned her on, she'd say, Hi! My name is Julie. Let's can we be friends or something like that? Whatever. This doll to this day is like one of my prized possessions. That was my friend. I remember after watching Child's Play, um, just... thinking, no, 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 like wishing that my Julie doll would just come to life, not to slaughter and kill people, <laughs> but just, just to have general. a friend. Exactly, like have my friend come to life. But you know she would be kinda, she would be nice she would be good she kinda, wouldn't hurt anybody kind of like Ted kind of like like uh, Ted Seth MacFarlane like yes kind of like that yeah 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 it's except like maybe of, not so foul mouth uh, yeah vulgar <laughs> I just imagine you finish the movie and then you're just with a big grin just slowly turning to you, your you, doll you turn your doll like okay now your turn <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that is what 
happened with <laughs> little genie, like light bulb turned to my Julie doll. I want this to happen to you. Start trying to entice it. Come on, come on. Eventually, <laughs> at some point, you bribe it. It's like, what do I have to do? Please. <laughs> so, um, that was Gus's pick. Gus, do you have any honorable mentions? And no, Beetlejuice does not fucking count oh, as a horror film. Man. Well, I mean, as a kid, I was mortified. Well, Does that, that count? That's because you were a wuss. But there you go. That, that, that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor you there. You tell me that that shrimp fingers wouldn't freak you out. No, I actually really love that movie. I love yeah. watching the fuck out of that I movie. I was talking about shrimp audio. fingers during that scene when they were all was, in a table and yeah, these, the, these the hands with shrimp fingers. Call me sadistic, but I just laughed my ass off. Same yeah, that's, that's most definitely uh, comedy. When they, yeah. not when they like sunk, she sunk in her eyeballs and they came out of that her was mouth fu- or something. I, 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 I could be categorizing like this movie wrong. I, I don't doubt that I might be, but I consider Beetlejuice a horror comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, but like I said, as a kid, holy shit, that, those faces they made, eyeballs inside threw into the mouth. I thought it was cool as shit. I, I wanted to learn how to do that. That was <laughs> yeah, me. And I was just like, I was just like, how the fuck do they do that? I wanted my very own handbook for the recent Yes! Right? I actually have a little necklace with the one on my mind. That's it. cool. Oh, that's so, cool. So, yeah. so, any other, like, legit honorable like, mentions? Like, actual horror movies? Or is that your one? That you picked on the way over here? By searching Wikipedia. <laughs> you just wikipedia it. Okay, so I'll take that as a yes. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, okay, um, now we're gonna move on to Sir uh, Roque. Do you wanna? Do you? Want, yeah, you're an uncultured swan. We fucking know this. That's why you're the fucking intern. I already said it. Um, I just like beating the dead horse. Um, Roque, do you um do you want to go with your honorable mention first, or do you want to go with your actual film? No, first? we're gonna go with my actual film. First. Okay, go for it. Go nuts. You hate me for my honorable mention. Yep. We'll, we'll forgive you. <laughs> I'm it's gonna, still something to talk about. I'm going to kick you in the balls for it. Go ahead. No. Okay, so my film came out in 1981. Uh-huh. It was... We've actually early. talked about it quite a bit. I told you. We're already. Gonna, I, I wanted to talk to, about it briefly. It's An American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic movie for multiple reasons. Um, quick synopsis. Two guys are backpacking in the... What was it? The the back lot of London, basically. Yeah, like the the, 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 the countryside. The English countryside. Yes. The vague English countryside. And they countryside. did not heed the warning to stay away yeah. from the moors. That that's that scene in the bar is like, fuck. Like I remember when I first watched that scene, I like secondhand embarrassment, like up the ass, because everyone's all happy and they're telling a story, and all of a sudden, yeah. what's the what's the star for it? Everyone's just like, what the fuck? And then the one guy with the darts. You made me miss that board. Oh, yeah. I never right. missed that board. I was like, what the fuck? I was just like, guys, go, 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 go. And then after that, when they actually got attacked, I was like, never mind. You guys should have just stayed in there. I would have much rather have gotten yelled at than fucking chewed up. Which, oh. I-, I saw this movie. Again, I've watched horror movies ever since. I was young. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, synopsis. Go nuts. Go God first. Damn. Okay, so um, they're backpacking through the vague English countryside. We don't exactly know where. Where, yeah. And then they go to this pub asking, just being douchey tourists. <laughs> yeah. Not and even I'll... douchey. They're, they're 18 years old. They just graduated from high school. It's their first <laughs> time leaving their home country. They're just curious. They're curious teenage boys. Yeah. Yeah, but to the pub goers. To the, yeah, to the pub yeah. goers, they they're fucking piss them off. stupid Americans. Yeah. yeah. And so they they ask about that that star like you were saying, and yeah. then all of a sudden, 
they get big warnings. Don't stay on the road. Oh, no. Stay. Keep to the road. Don't go off into the moors. Or else. <clears throat> things. Yeah, things dot, will happen. Dot, dot. Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, what do they do? They're walking on the road and they, they hear all these sounds. And, of course, they get attacked, but they don't know what by. Mm-hmm. And one of the friends ends up dying. And the other one gets sent to a hospital. Yeah, and, and then. Um, what's really interesting about this film because we're now we're gonna like carry on with the synopsis and with with the elements of it i mean originally when i first watched it and like i like a lot of i know a lot of people do i'm not i don't consider it myself and i have this argument with i've had this argument with a couple people before some of these people like they i mean it has its moments where there's like comedic moments but it honestly to me personally there's more horror elements in that film than like a lot of like Them comedic pure moments, comedy. exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's the, not, like, the comedic, the comedic moments are like what one, two, three times. So I don't understand how anyone would see that movie as a comedy. I mean, sure. even the comedy lends itself to more life situation. Yeah, life, situ- life situation. Situation. situational humor. Yeah. In any in any movie, especially horrors, there has to be a com- like a comedic relief. In well, yeah, yeah, there has to be ups and downs. And yeah, and like life. Yeah, the only yeah. ones I can think of originate from the dead best Jack, friend. Jack, yeah. Jack is the yeah. I, I don't think I ever mentioned his name. It, but like um, Jack, yeah, Jack. It's Dave and Jack, the the two best friends that are backpacking across yeah. that, and they the don't, country. They 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 don't. It's not like I would imagine. It's you, not like they focus on the. Comedy you know, you know not what I honestly think it is that really like made people fully believe that there was a, that comedy element is because it was directed by John Landis. It was written and, by John and, Landis. Yeah, written by John Landis and directed by him. It was not directed by him. Who it was, was written by him. Who, who, who directed it? Because I, I remember correctly, it, it was fully directed by Landis. No, it was directed by... Uh, no, it was directed I by... Told I told you, son. Thinking, I was thinking of the producer. I told you, son. <laughs> No, it was funny because, like, uh, quick background story on Landis. Uh, I was I, while we're going on it. I fully, honestly think that people really thought it was like there was a lot of comedy in it, and people found it funny. I don't see that. Because Landis was mainly known for doing national National Lampoon movies, mm, that's right. and yeah. also the Blues Brothers. Right. That's what Landis that's was known right. for. Then they're probably used to horror movies not really having much. Yeah, much of, like, of yeah, yeah, especially. Yeah, but that's just it. Like, I keep, I keep repeating myself here. There, I didn't see all this humor in that movie. I just watched that movie like a month was, ago. It was yeah. just I, I didn't, funny I didn't moments. see all these, all these funny moments that people would assume like, it's a yeah, comedy. I, it was the, the comedic parts were with Jack, played yeah. by Griffin Dune. Yeah, and um, hello, he dies what 15 minutes 20 into minutes the, into the, the movie yeah. i mean sure he comes back as a rotting corpse Zombie, yeah. and he tells some jokes but that's just how his personality was yeah it was in, just e- even those small scenes it, le- it it lends itself to the horrific nature of this you got your ro- rotting dead best, best friend, friend next to you cracking jokes saying he's stuck in this purgatory he, he wanted he wanted some until toast you die yeah, because so, it's, it's and it's like any genre. There's, if there's like a drama with comedy. It's yeah. not gonna be a drama comedy. There's there's it's one just moment. Dashes of comedy. There's there's yeah there and like and like some of it. It's like it's incredible. Like uh, the best way I can explain it. It's situational humor. Right. Like there's uh, one of my favorite scenes in the. Whole, it's it's actually my favorite scene in the whole film. It's before the climax of the movie, is when uh, Dave 
goes to um, he goes to a, a, a porn cinema. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he he he's talking to his rotting best friend who looks like he's like half skeleton and like half of his skin is hanging on. Which is what I loved about the film is that he didn't stay himself. Yeah, he progressively, he, he progressively rotted. rotted yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, more realistic. and the, the 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 thing is is that like basically what uh, the story goes is that if you get bitten by a zombie oh zombie oh, 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 no the reason why the zombie thing came up if you get yeah. bitten by a werewolf or scratched by the werewolf you, you in turn, turn become a werewolf yeah. assuming you live yeah, yeah. You live assuming you live. you live through your deal if you are killed by a werewolf you are then stuck so, in this uh-huh. purgatory oh, which Lord. you see in the film because he kills he kills a couple that's going to a dinner party yeah, and then they start man. following him around as well yeah, that's actually a pretty cool like a way to explain the origin stories of zombies, and, and basically rather than just a virus. Yeah, and basically, um, if if you are the werewolf that killed, yeah, these zombies will follow you because they're stuck in purgatory that no one that's else can see. Cool yeah, no one else can see. And, that's a pretty and, cool and, and the only story. the only way for everybody to be free and go home, pack their shit up, head upstairs, is for the werewolf to get killed. Like he, like every bloodline for that wolf has to be severed completely. And that so, is the only yeah, way. So the pub people killed the werewolf that attacked them. Yeah. So that leaves David Dave to be the, the only, only werewolf. Left. And this scene that I'm talking about in the in the porn cinema, his best friend sitting next to him, and everybody, uh, all the people that Dave has killed so far, are sitting around him, and they're and then Dave's like, "What do I do? How do I end this? How do I stop this from like going on?" And his friend's like, "Bruh, kill yourself." And then. Everybody around him is like, "Yeah, dude, kill yourself." Yeah. And then, and then he's like, "But how do I even kill myself?" And you everybody know- turns around and they're like, "You should hang yourself." <laughs> and then another one's like, "You should crash into a. You should crash into something. Use a bullet. Kill yourself." You know, and to me, it from what I took away from that scene, it wasn't so much a comedy. Comedy. It was, yeah. For me, it was like. He was looking into the mouth of madness. It, it was yeah. for me. It was laughing for the pain. It, for me, it was like, <laughs> you know what you should do? Kill yourself. Yeah, and then right. I was you're like, damn. Yeah. You're very sadistic. right. But then it, it, but then it's it could also be interpreted as he's literally going crazy. Yeah. He's seeing these people he has killed. It's weighing heavily on his conscience. Yep. He doesn't know how to live with it. He's going mad because suddenly like he's having conversations with dead people. Yeah, exactly. And I fucking I I just really love that scene because of the dynamic that all the actors had and the writing was just really fucking great for that scene. And it's just it's it's like one of the perfect scenes before the climax of the film. Like it just it you get this strong sense of hopelessness. Like there's literally no way around this, man. Like it mm-hmm. it has to happen. Yeah, we right. know what this what the ending is going towards. We he knows it. Everybody in the film knows it. Even the girl he shacked up with kind of realizes. Yeah. Nurse Alex Price. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Played by Jenny Agutter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Comic book guy, yeah. Yeah, comic um, book guy. I was going to say uh, the movie phone Walking guy. Wikipedia. Right. I mean, <laughs> my favorite thing personally about the film is the transformation scene. I was scene. just yes. about to get to that. that that's, I, I was saving that for last. I was saving it like, too. Like, rewind to the Wolfman movies. You know, the universal Wolfman. Practical effects. All it is is like practical. you see the Wolfman sitting there. And then and you can then, see where they like a cut time to, skip. yeah, a time skip. Suddenly he's a little more hairy, and then another no, time no, skip, yeah. he's a little hairier. Another time skip, you see the claws instead of toes. This, for the first time, if, if 
I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, it, it, it was the first time. A full transformation. Clip. Yeah, well, there were some werewolf movies in the 70s. That, was a, that tried poor. their darndest, right. but yeah. Right, but I mean, it was like a female werewolf who was like oh, sexy yeah. werewolf. I forget the name of the movie. <laughs> like but it, my, sister, my Sister's a Werewolf, something like that. Something weird. No, that's The Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of like this sexy werewolf movie that came out in the 70s. Whoever I think I think they show her sexy. transformation, but it's nothing on the scale of how American Werewolf in yeah. London. I mean, you literally see the feet. Yeah, the way they're elongate. stretching. Yeah, they're they're elongating and you see the talons start coming out. And you and I'm see assuming his mouth this was, and I'm assuming teeth. this was all practical effects yeah. too. Oh yeah. 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 Well, Most of it was. Back in the 80s, I mean, there really they wasn't never, there wasn't really they, they, reliance on CGI. There right. was just very. I mean, the CGI was piss poor. It was, it was yeah, exactly. It was, and in, it was its in its infancy. Very early infancy because we right. did things like Spawn a few years that's, later. That's <laughs> one of the things I loved about the '80s that the practical effects were so and in general amazing. Practical I mean, effects are so. I honestly don't have that care for CGI. The, I don't yeah, that you me, me neither. Well, with very very few exceptions. But like, yeah, that's the thing about practical effects. It gets, it has that visceral, yeah. like creep. And well, it has it. a timeless look to it because it's actually happening there on yeah. screen. It's not gonna get as dated as CGI does. Yeah, exactly. I mean, skipping to something that's not even horror and very modern. Like if you watch um, The Matrix Reloaded and. The one that came after shit. Uh, drawing uh, blanks. Not revolutions. Um, yeah, revolutions. Was it was revolution? I think so. I'm, I'm drawing bl- revolution. Evolution. Uh, right. I don't know. Regardless, the fight scenes with Keanu Reeves and the agents, you can tell. Oh my god! It looks like Lord, a cartoon. Dude. They look it like so PS2 fake. graphics. Yeah. Exactly. All the characters look like PS2 graphics. Hold on. 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 We're viewing off topic. Hold on. Um. The mummy. <clears throat> the Rock. What is that? <laughs> PS1 graphics. Oh, oh God. shit! What is oh, that? But that is that is why a lot of people a, a lot of people think I'm I'm too it's old school and I'm too no, nostalgic. No, 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 no. But that is why I will always prefer graphic effects over CGI's for most things. Sometimes you do need the CGI, CGI. Yeah, for oh, certain things that can't be achieved. And it can, and some of it does can look realistic to an right. extent. But Terminator like, 2 was ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Over, over saturation of CGI and over reliance yeah, of CGI can just take you away completely right, away like from the experience. A lot of horror, modern day horror movies, Especially the, horror. Blood, the blood, the blood when they kill someone yeah. is CGI and you can tell a mile away. I'm like, oh, that looks like shit. Oh, God. I'd rather have well, my bye, good bye. old Fashion corn syrup. Yeah, just yeah. Dowsome. Yeah. Cry- yeah, yeah. Cryo Corn at, uh, syrup and, and red food dye. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those rules about um, horror films is going back to that uncanny feeling of like seeing creepy stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Practical effects look more creepy than actual CGI because it's not beautified. And basically, right. and yeah, but Baker, uh, the Rick uh, Baker, Rick yes. Baker, uh, he. It was funny because at the time he was working on the Howling. And he jumped ship to go to American Werewolf in You're London. Right. That's what he did. And he ended up getting an actual award for that. Yeah, he got an Academy Award. And and another little tidbit of information. When Michael Jackson saw yeah. uh, American Werewolf in London, he called he Rick called Baker Ri- to do yeah. Thriller. And oh, so, holy the, and shit, Landis, that's dope. La- He called Baker and Landis to go 
He wanted Landis to direct uh, Thriller, Thriller, and he wanted Baker to make his special effects oh, for Thriller. Sh- oh my God, he's <laughs> incredible. That, the stars and, aligned and, so perfectly. And my favorite, my favorite thing about this is that this is this is where we're gonna cut this one. Um, the best thing about this film is that it almost didn't happen because Landis was working on this uh, back when uh, he first started uh, his first like internship God, uh, with movie. Warner's. <laughs> uh, he was working on a film called um, uh, Kelly's Heroes with Clint Eastwood. He was actually on the back lot of that. And while he was there, what happened was uh, the, the country they were filming in, he witnessed uh, the, bur- uh, the burial of, of um, this guy. And the way that like they were burying him was really weird and it was sacred because they were putting garlic around his body. Wow. And he asked, hey, why do you guys do that? And they told Landis, it's because they don't want him to come back as the undead to wreak havoc. So fucking- that idea kind of stuck with him. And while wow, he was... While he weird. was uh, helping in the backlot of Kelly's heroes, he was just off typing. When he wasn't working, he was typing the script for that. The fir- one of the first people he approached was actually uh, uh, to, for for his producer. One of the first people he approached was actually a producer of one of the James uh, one of the James Bond films with uh, Connery in it, and he did not want it. The first thing that he told Landis, "This is too fucking crazy. No one's gonna buy this shit." And Landis just had the hardest time trying to sell that film. Imagine how many Because once again, it was horror. Imagine. And horror in the early 80s was still like a four-letter word. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And on top of that, remember that at this point in time, the the werewolf genre had already died. There was a mm-hmm. stake in its heart. Nobody wanted to pick it up. Yep. But as soon as Werewolf in London came out, everybody was like, oh my god. That's when the this howling is- and the wolfing just started following suit right after. That yep. is literally what happened. But uh, honorable mention. Uh, honorable mention, so I can kick you in the dick. <laughs> yeah, I don't seriously, know dude. Why do you guys hate this so okay. much? Okay, it I is. I want John to be like okay. all of you, including you, Gene. Okay, because it, <laughs> it's not legit horror; it's a horror comedy. It okay. still has horror elements to it. Okay, Wrong. hold on, hold on. Wrong. Here's my question, okay? But I'm going to say two things, and then I'm going to let you explain yourself, and then after that, I'm going to fucking cut you down, okay? So first, did this man intentionally try to make this an actual horror film? Like, what is, Was that his intention? I don't think it was half of his intention. Half of his intention. Okay, his intention. second, re-watching what I watched, because I was trying to jog, jog my memory, memory, because I watched the movie one time, I didn't finish it, it fucking aggravated me, and I moved on. I was in middle school for the first time I ever watched it. But okay. me going back and watching it now, I can tell you this, if anything, this fucking movie is like a fucking extra long episode. The music, the fucking story, all of it. It is a okay. fucking hour long episode of fucking 90, fucking 90s goosebumps. That is literally what it right. is. And then, and then, and then, if it, to add insult to injury, the lead character's name is Mike fucking Tobacco. <laughs> the movie we're talking about that of David course. has decided to pick is, is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. Know your fucking place, trash. Why? Why, dude? Okay, so, so this They're movie, title. this movie, it's supposed to play like a, a 1950s b-horror came movie. out in 1988 by the way so yeah. you all know we're sticking to 80s so yeah it is an 80s movie and um i saw this movie again when i was really young and i was going through uh that b-list horror 
especially of 80s where you got the stuff D- which yeah, was also on my list D- David's expertise <clears throat> <laughs> you got the stuff you got uh, things like the blob which had a little more financial success but still in the 80s the, 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 the 80s. 80s version actually had more financial success than, than the, the original one which was fucking yeah. crazy the which... 80s also had Night of the Creeks which, which was like a sci-fi horror yeah, comedy yeah, yeah, as well yeah. and then but you still... had things like Critters and right yeah. still loads better than fucking Killer Clowns from Outer Space <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> give the audience who may not have seen that piece of shit uh, yeah exactly <laughs> I have it so this is the entire movie oh, I love the <laughs> clowns from outer go. space come down and start killing people that's all you need to know okay, okay, their spaceship their spaceship mind you is a circus tent and wow. when they they have these guns I believe if the, I remember yeah, correctly guns. that the, um, the, cotton candy gun yes cotton candy gun that that wraps their victims up in a cocoon, cocoon. of cotton candy. Yep. Then they have killer balloon animals and f- guns that shoot popcorn. popcorn. That and grow more clowns. The only what scene the, the only scene <laughs> that made me laugh genuinely was when uh, the it's like towards the climax of the film where uh, the clowns pull up and then the classic, in the most classic way possible, like the whole clown thing, where they pull up in a tiny little car and a bunch of clowns start popping out of this tiny little car. And this police police officer is just standing there and he's like, boys, it's closed. What are you guys doing? And then a bunch of clowns pop out and then they're all holding pies. And then he's yeah. like, what are you guys going to do with those pies? And they all throw fucking pies at this guy. And the whatever substance is in these pies it disintegrate him. him. <laughs> Like he was the fucking witch in the Wizard of Oz, and then after he's How melted, how high were these people after, when they were creating this? Movie? After, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was hold three on. brothers that made this movie. Hold it's on. the only movie brothers? they've ever made it's for the, a yeah, reason. It is the only movie they've ever hold made on. Yeah, yeah. for a reason. And the hold on, Shimodo brothers. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And John. hold on, to put the fucking cherry on type, quite fucking literally, pun intended. Um. Oh, yeah, they, after he's melted, the the fucking pie makes it look like he's a fucking mountain of ice cream. And the smallest of clowns walks over with a giant fucking cherry and pops it on top of the guy and they walk in. That is literally how that scene plays out. Right, but here's the thing I don't understand. So these killer clowns... Oh, by the way, the alien race is clowns with a K. Yeah. This is how original the Chiodo brothers were. <laughs> um, okay, so the whole purpose for these killer clowns coming to Earth was to eat humans. So they turn this guy into ice cream and they don't even eat him when that was their sole purpose for coming to this planet. Who, what was the point of that whole scene? Who approved of this movie? The Chiodo, the Chiodo brothers. brothers did. It oh, was, this was, all it was Charles Edward and Stephen Chiodo who produced the movie it was written by Charles and Steven and they have been trying to make a sequel for this movie in vain which in right vain. now is in development hell yes yes and, and, and David's so heart is a, broken dude, right I just know there's a there's like a, a fringe who like, loaned these who like loaned to... these assholes 1.8 million dollars for this piece of shit movie is what I want to know probably yeah. inheritance to be fair, they have gotten a lot farther in 2016. They've done the score for the new movie. Well, we don't need one. Yeah, because it's, it's not going to happen. I need one. I do not. <sighs> okay, Anyways. So this, is, this is what I will say. A for, I guess, 
breaking away from the horror genre at the time and doing something, <laughs> uh, and in quotation marks, I will say, Different. original by having your killer balloon animals, your popcorn gun, oh my God. and encasing your victims in, in a cocoon, cocoon of, of cotton co candy. Guys, I will don't, give them don't forget creativity the way you, points. Don't forget the way you kill the clowns. Yeah, you shoot them in shoot the them fucking in the nose. <laughs> You shoot them in the nose. Right, right, right. So for that, I will give them, you know what, A for effort, A for some creativity, but overall, it was just a very ill-conceived piece of crap. Hey, David, go fuck yourself. Okay, for my last words for this film. Okay. So... I'm such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you think? No, but... No, we love it. Keep no, going. no, no, but parting words for this film, I... I am a huge proponent of B-list movies. I know, I, am too. I, am too. I know for a fact that this is not a good movie, but I love this movie. It's one of my favorite '80s movies for God knows why. Oh, David. And, and, and here's oh, here's oh, here, here's what pisses me off about it, and here's why I'm mad at you about it. Because there are so many other fucking good films that we're gonna talk about. Yeah, like you your two choices. Okay. That you stole. No, okay, I'm, I'm let kidding. me let me. Okay, I gave Gus a list. You could have easily taken one of those. If we're gonna stick to the slasher. Uh, oh no! Genre, I went... There was the Prowler. There's Graduation Day. There's all... House on Sorority Row. All, all great films. The original My Bloody Valentine. All great films. Slumber Party Massacre. If you wanted to get cheesy and talk all, about titties. all great films, all great films, and I know that I love them all. But this one, this one holds a special place in my heart. It's it's not just I know it's a bad movie. Ah, oh, well, there's it no holds... accounting for taste, I get. Oh, somebody! Oh, he needs it some holds milk. a huge nostalgia factor for me. I can it, I, okay, I can respect that. That's why I that's why I hold the, it the, the, so high. The best thing I can say is that your opinion is like an asshole. It's just a bunch of shit spewing out of you. Yeah, it's better that's... than your mouth. <laughs> but um. Jeez. Uh, which, yeah. which they go in depth in, in Human Centipede. But yeah, that's but that's here not here nor there. there. We're not going to talk about that um, on this program. I swear to God. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, I'm still mad at David. Uh, he can go fuck himself. <clears throat> but um, and all the way, all all the also by the way, fuck you because I told you first what my first two picks were. You can't get mad at me. I can I, get mad. At I you. told you. I told you. Because we've talked about this in the past. Okay. You know what? It, we should just at least high-five each other for that. We have good taste when Fist it comes bump. to certain things. There you go. It's okay. We love you, David. Okay. So because because of the sake of, of having our guest here, I'm going to go next, and our guest is going to go last. Yeah, you. So, <laughs> Save my, the best for last, bitches. My, my pick is uh, it's a film that, like, it's it again. When I first started watching horror, Chucky was like one of the first films that I like started watching by myself. It, and it's 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 so funny because, growing up, just like you, Jeannie, my cousin, um, he was a massive fucking horror fan, and he would terrorize the ever living shit out of me. <laughs> he would try to force me and to watch like a bunch of fucking horror films. I remember when the fucking Grudge came out, he would call my fucking phone, and I'm not talking about the fucking um, the the newer one. I'm talking about the old one, uh, the the Jack. I, yeah, the Japanese version. Juon or whatever. I can't. The, yeah, the old one. Uh, Juon. Yeah, Juon. Um, when that one came out, he would call my fucking house and he would be like, uh, on my fucking <laughs> phone. And he would scare the ever-living shit out of me. I fucking, I wanted to punch him in the face. Like, but fucking after that, like after Chucky, after Child's Play, I kind of started trying to find, venture my way into like 
different kinds of horror films so I could find what worked for me because although I like Child's Play it wasn't my cup of tea so you know like I was so kind of like it was good yeah I wonder what else is what else is out there right and then one of the uh, one of the films that reared its uh, head around me that I know some people some my cousin would talk about once in a while was the thing mm. the thing and which was also a remake correct yes it, the yeah. thing the thing was a remake of a old film which the old film was inspired by a novella called who um, goes there yeah who that goes is there absolutely yeah. correct yes and the, the yeah the first time I initially watched this film I still like there's still moments where like there's only certain films that genuinely fill me like straight from the top of my head to my toes like with fright like completely and this is one of those films because of the narrative what it's saying what it's telling you what it's giving you you go into this life of these explorers that go into antarctica who are there after like the aftermath of like the, these other explorers that went in and like their whole base is just like poof, it's exploded. So these American, they're 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 all American. I think the the explorers before them were uh, from Norway. They were or where were either they from? Norway or Russia. One no, they were they were Norwegian. Norwegian. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, um, they, yeah, they speak Norwegian. Yeah, they speak Norwegian. Um, th- and basically these American um, these American explorers come in and the the Norwegian base. Uh, exploded and they find this one guy who's like trying to kill this dog and uh the, the it, it sucks because like the first first things first you know communication that's a big component of this film that's really important that like the lack of communication the lack of like you know talking to each other that really isolated them not just because they're in antarctica but as people, they kind of isolated themselves and they really kind of cornered themselves and it became a who's who, mm-hmm. is this person uh, a, the thing, is this person the thing? And on top of that, if you are a part of its you know system now, if you're a thing, how do you know? Like, do you feel it? How does the virus enter your body? Right. One thing we should probably mention for the people listening, the thing was directed by John Carpenter, who also directed... Halloween, and uh-huh. uh, the house, uh, the house on the left was it? No, no, last house on the left was West was, was Craven. Craven. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am having such a massive brain fart with John Carpenter right now. Uh, he did Halloween, The Fog, Escape there from we New go. York. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. But uh, horror maestro, and the movie was released in '82. Yeah, '82, and for the time that it came out, its special effects were fucking amazing were on... again. One of those things that like was fucking crazy you know like practical effects it was fucking like it was it 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 fucking terrified the shit out of me the creations like these this these monsters these things came out of somebody's head like you have to think about that that's fucking terrifying you know and then on top of that something else that's really important to to mention the origins of this film when it first came out that movie did so fucking bad it was so poorly received. People fucking hated it. Which, although, I, although I'm looking it up right now, it did 19.6 million box office oh yeah. in North America. Yeah, it, it did which well, but technically I think, not that great because the budget for the film was 15 million. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't great, but 
you got to think around the time it was coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. What Definitely. came out? Yeah, exactly. ET came out the same the same year, year, and that f- oh, and they that were that film fucking they knocked the thing screwed. out of the fucking water. It uh, if I remember correctly, if I exactly yeah, they barely w- broke even. With what this film. what I remember is that that movie fucking it, it debuted at number fucking eight at the box office. Yep. That's exactly where it came out. It remained in the top ten for three weeks. Yep. And, oh yeah, here, Come here, here, check right? this out. It says, the lower than expected performance has been attributed to many factor, the main ones being, as you just said, the release of Steven Spielberg's oh, E.T., yeah. which was also released by Universal. This movie was a Universal film. Yep. Right. And then, That's... and then, and then, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner was also released around the same time exactly so uh it was up These against all, it, it was, was up against some, some pretty, pretty heavy hitters yeah. yeah you took the words right out of my mouth and, that's what and, I was gonna say. and here's the thing the the creator of the original film the black and white film went on record and said why the fuck would anybody watch this he's like if you want to go watch fucking blood go to a fucking slaughterhouse because that movie was fucking shit Straight out of the director's mouth. Like he he hated it. He fucking hated it. Yeah, he he thought Sour it was stupid. Sour grapes because someone was remaking his movie, perhaps. Exactly. Probably, yeah. And it 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 was so sad because I feel that's like one of those movies that was really ahead of its fucking time. I absolutely agree with you. I'm not too much into sci-fi. That's never been my cup of tea. But I have to say, the thing is one of those movies that, despite my inclination to not watch sci-fi like it hooks you in it's oh, a yeah. good movie yeah especially with the the, the um it's just a victim of the, circumstances the way Pretty that much. carpenter put the story and like this is I, I i'm legit you're about to see the fucking fanboy of me because i fucking <laughs> i have so much love for this film um, and it sucks because like it, it made me feel so bad because Carpenter was fucking legit devastated when he saw the reviews and shit because he as a director felt like legit this was his magnum opus he felt like this was legit his fucking greatest creation and now that it's given time now that it found its uh, its audience now that it has its cult following yeah it was it definitely was so with everything else that he created to me personally, that's my favorite Carpenter creation. It's, it's just, it's amazing. The way that he wrote it was way ahead of its time because the the, the subject and the, the things he was talking about, it's like, this monster could be somebody you know, and at the same time, you don't know if you're turning. So it's that like mentality, you know, where people like a start. Like it. Yeah, it, yeah. It makes it makes you think, you know, like. It, like what's gonna turn me into a monster because these people are going through events traumatic events that are turning them not only into things but against themselves and it's that question of what really is the monster who really is the monster you know because they're attacking each other there's a scene where they end up tying the uh like i think five of the last survivors into a chair mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the Kurt the main Russell. yeah the main character McCready he starts uh, taking blood samples and he starts like burning them one by, by one. one by one you know and like there's just like it's like fuck like I don't trust you I don't trust you I don't fucking trust any of you and then they're sitting in their chairs tied up like okay so then why the fuck should we trust you what if you just tied us up just to fucking kill us you know, the par- the I wonder if Wilford Brimley at any point during this movie told him that he had diabetes. 
Oh, yeah, because he was the guy, wasn't he? Yeah, the, di- the diabetes guy? Yeah, but he's just diabetes. Oh, yeah, I diabetes. wonder if when Kurt Russell was burning those samples, he's like, don't burn my sample, man. I, I have diabetes. diabetes. I have the diabetes. But, yeah, it... it my diabetes medication it, was it, in there. The, the way that Carpenter... blood sample? Oh, my God. You're, you're a fucking The way idiot. Carpenter <laughs> described it is... And this is the way that he pretty much explained it. The thing is a, plethora, a plethora of like different things. It's you know, it's hate. It's racism. Thing. It's it's like uh, hate of you know, like homosexuality. Hate of like so much. You know, like we're questioning our own sanity. We're questioning you know who's really who. And then that ending is legit one of the biggest parts that like you know it literally sticks with people you watch this film that ending stays with you because the last two people the last two survivors sit there and they're like well shit like you're alive yeah i'm alive are you alive yeah so what the fuck do we do now we wait and it just it cuts to black and it just it leaves you within question and there's yeah, so yeah. many to come yeah. up with your own there's conclusion. so many theories like people say childs is um the, uh, a thing because he disappeared and there, then he comes back at the end those are the best kind of endings is the ones that leave, leaves you to come up with like and 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 it's asking so and i'm so yeah, glad that more questions and answers yeah that's what i meant to say and the thing that makes me really happy about it is that the ending that they went with is way better with than the ending they originally filmed now and then now like with this ending it makes you think you know and McCready's kind of just sitting there like fuck did I really end this thing or did I like just doom the rest of humanity by not killing it you know and like is this thing going to keep growing and then it's like wow you know like you can attribute that mentality to a lot of things mm-hmm. you know like did we really with our movement with the things that we did did we really end this kind of like hate this oppression did we end this all this bad stuff or did we just let it go and fester and build so it can come back later you know and it's interesting way to look at it well because it's really funny that you mentioned that because the original the original film not the novella but the film came out in 1951 yeah the original one the thing from outer space the thing from outer space where it had all those kind of same fears built into the script oh yeah who is who with a with a sci-fi filter on it of course but it it really exemplified the fears that were present in that time and day oh yeah right. which actually i'm so sorry I, no, no, i'm interrupting you but historically horror movies are always um reminiscent of the public's Reality. fears yeah. at the time and then yes in the 19 19- 50s with it being at the height of the cold war and the space race and and whatnot that's what that's exactly what people's fears were like yeah who are you really? who who is on my side who is who they say they are yeah and exactly then, and then bringing this film over the 1980s it brought in, in a bunch of new fears a new a new sense of society mm-hmm. along with it which within i think the, within the context of the generation yeah Yeah. which i think that this film does so well it has it it doesn't rely on its effects only it has this nice little subplot going Mm -hmm. on this not subplot actual plot one thing about the thing one thing about the thing remake um (laughs) that i took away from it too it's like kind of plays on you know the beast inside as well 
Oh yeah, I and and that's 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 one point I was gonna bring up. I I'm I'm kind of like sad that a lot of people didn't really bite into the remake because, in technicality, it's not a remake; it's a prequel, because the story takes place with the Norwegian team that was the ones who originally found it. Okay. And then you get to see them kind of like, and it, it, well, so the, fit, the in the the movie in the fifties was a different team. No no no, 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 no. There's the or 80s like, version, the 80s film that came out, and then they have a 2011 remake. Remake. Oh, and shit. because of its name, because people thought, fuck, we don't want to put a little sub card under it, you know, because we don't want people to, like, you know, get the wrong idea, they legitimately just left it as the thing, and people think it's a remake. It's actually a prequel, which takes place before every single little fucking piece of evidence that the American team found, they found in the 2011 one. The directors and the writers went back and rewatched the ever-living shit out of that movie. And every little thing they could remake and like recapture and rebuild, they fucking did. Which every, it, it's, every, all, it's, all, it's all well and good going back and doing all that research, but it didn't save that film. But that's the thing. It's the film wasn't that's bad. The thing. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it was that it wasn't a bad film, and on top of that, it really wasn't that badly written. It, it, especially it, because it kept so close to the lore, and it was very tight. And I think what really made that film suffer is that people thought it was a remake, not a not a not a prequel. There was that, but there was also that huge backlash on just the general effects of it. People hated the oh, effects of yeah. the film. Oh yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to put this on the table for you to know and I don't know if you know this uh, cuz again, I just I fucking love horror films. I'm fucking especially with films I love. I'm like deep in them. Oh, that my. fucking film, the remake. The I'm sorry, I'm going to I'm going to fucking call it the, the prequel. Remake? The, the tw- 2011. The 2011 prequel. That fucking film originally they they agreed. They wanted all practical effects. Like That's the original, what, the, the original one. It was the, the motherfucking uh, the 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 studio. Mm-hmm. They they people the the test audience that went to go watch the one that had the practical effects fucking fell in love with the film. They were like, "Holy shit, this is cool." And they had a lot of working animatronics. Oh already. yeah, you gotta love it when the producers don't listen to the focus group. Exactly. And isn't it usually the focus the group? Film. Isn't that, it usually the focus groups that end up getting it kind of wrong, right? No. 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 Not all the time. And he basically, that and, and, and that's what happened. The the test group fucking loved the film. Yeah, why the because fuck wouldn't it was, you listen to the test and, group? And then Those producers are a bunch of asshats. And, then, and the producers, producers are so out of touch sometimes. The pro- I swear. Really are. They it's don't just know what about what doing. they want. The yeah, two things, what money they can make. The two things that they ended up changing about the film is the CGI and they, the ending. They digitized every. Single, single creature exactly they were like no we want all the cgi we <laughs> oh, think that we dude. think the animatronics and everything is ugly and it didn't look good and that the, te- was the idea wouldn't it be yeah and the test right? audience fucking loved good? it and then when and then like the the the, the producers like oh watch it's gonna do better when we add cgi it mm-hmm. did fucking terrible it did bad the second thing they changed was the ending and people fucking hated the ending because you know what they you know what they like changed the whole plot they, what they like sacrificed the whole ending and the whole plot of the end of the film with 
CGI. They wanted more CGI. It's like Vince McMahon wanting more beefier dudes. Oh yeah, I want I want the big guy. The guy that has all the veins popping. It's like that. It's that guy. It's literally fucking that. That's exactly what happened. They were like, no, more CGI. Yeah, because at the time it was like everyone was so and then, CGI thirsty. And then exactly. And then when the behind the, the the fucking directors, they fucking on purpose did this. They fucking threw out the like behind the scenes shit so they can show what the original intention was. And a lot of fucking people went on fucking like uh gofundme and they fucking they were like protesting and they were like we'll fucking pay the money to fucking have you guys fucking put the original fucking film out that so they the have people, an actual they had one but it didn't didn't it, it, it didn't work it just didn't see the light work. of day basically because yeah. because the asshole producers wanted their way fuck what the focus group said fuck what everyone said they wanted CGI, they were going to get CGI. They wanted to change the ending, and that was that. And what ended up happening was their movie tanked. Exactly. they're out of touch with reality. And then, the, the again, people made a GoFundMe page or and a protest page, and they wanted the studio to put the original one with the, all the animatronics back on. And it just never and, and went never, through. It never went through. It never went through. It's fucking terrible. And, yeah, it's just it's it's frustrating as shit. It really is. All right. We now, have spent too much time on 2011. We got to go back now, to 1981. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, fucking get back in the DeLorean and go back in so time. We've talked, so, we've talked all through the thing. So what was your runner-up, which my, I'm actually really excited to talk about. Me too. Me I fucking too. love this film so damn much. My runner-up, and it was so damn close. And I'm going to, I'm again, a little backstory. Uh, my runner-up was The Evil Dead. Now, yeah. here, here's the thing. When I originally first watched this fucking film, uh, back in middle school, I believe, I fucking absolutely, positively hated the ever-living fuck out of this film. What is wrong with you? No, it was the opposite for me. I also watched it for the first time when I was in middle school, granted, like, years before you did. (laughs) I fell in love with it instantly. Instantly. And this was in a time where Evil Dead was very hard to come by in the U.S. My brother had to buy a bootleg of Evil Dead from oh. Taiwan. That had oh. the, they had the Taiwanese characters as oh. subtitles and, 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 because Evil Dead, you, it, it just was practically unheard of. It was in this weird uh, purgatory, purgatory of its own. And, and I was just like, oh, oh my God, what is this movie? I love it. Why can't wow. we get it? Hold in, on. Like, and, and then I'm not. I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's there. There's an actual story as to why that was a mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. There's a big story. Oh yeah. And and like I love I love the Evil Dead and like I love the thing. They were both landmarks in their own way, and they fucking did something to film that lo- a lot of people did not foresee happening. As far as impact goes. The thing kind of really made writers reassess the way they created, especially horror. But the Evil Dead started kind of making people really think about, oh shit, how are we going to rate our damn films? Because the Evil Dead did something that a lot of people were afraid to fucking do. They were violent as all fuck. Mm-hmm. They pushed the bar. Bodily dismemberment. Yep. Oh yeah. There was so much going on that was fucking crazy about yeah, the film. It, it, it's a pretty bloody film. Yeah. I mean, for, for those 
who haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah. it's for the uninitiated. I mean, there are bloodier films out time, today. Right? Yeah, but for the time, it pushed oh, all right. the envelopes. This was like during the time where like, like this, this, this was like yeah, to, to, to put 80, it in the frame. It came 81. out in 1981. Yeah, 81. Right. Which, uh, what? well, this was before Jason started. Uh, it actually came out on the, the uh, same time. The same oh, time. Okay, so but this they is were, this, they is, were the this is bloodier than Friday the Thirteenth. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. And you know what? I, another reason why I love Evil Dead because it gave us. Bruce Campbell. Bruce, Bruce fucking, fucking Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. Hail to the king, baby. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. I have seen quite a few of his movies. I mean, fun ugh. fact: yeah. tutorial voiceover for Spider-Man Two. Which do you know <laughs> all Spider-Man? Do you know way. why that was? Oh, he was. Sam Raimi directed. Sam Raimi directed Spider-Man, and Sam Raimi directed Spider-Man. And, and that's why Bruce story. Campbell's in every single one of the three so Spider-Mans. Like, he was amazing in Evil Dead. But fuck it, let's just put him in the Spider-Man. No, no Spider-Man. So, so Bruce well, Campbell friends. and the car yeah, from and the Evil car. Dead yeah. appeared in all three Spider-Mans. Here, okay, yeah. so, oh, wow. so about the film. Um, yeah, it came out in 1981. And the thing, the thing that's fucking cool about it is that, again, another fucking film that nobody wanted to touch because mm-hmm. of the script. These two, these two fucking... No, these three guys... Sam Raimi, his brother, and Bruce Campbell were in college at the time, and they were like, so they were "Man, all friends. they they were all friends. Uh-huh. They they had been friends since high school, and wow. they went to college okay. together." Robert Tappert wasn't involved in that's the Evil cool. Dead because that's that's the other friend. Yeah, no. Robert um, Tappert wasn't in the picture yet. I don't think so. No, but they they were uh, what you call it. They were uh, in college, and they they would make no. like really shitty like fucking like eight. Uh, what you call it? Eight. Yeah, he he produced Evil Dead. I was right. Robert no, Tapper but he, was the producer. He, he wasn't in the picture yet. I'm talking like early, early, like when they were like barely starting out. Okay, got it, got it. Got it. Um, but the they would film really shitty, like fucking worse than B fucking horror films, like eight yeah, fucking millimeter fucking shitty like little student in, student in, films. In, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, Evil Dead was technically uh, a st- Sam a Raimi's college project. Exactly, and the original the it, it I for, ah, I'm so mad at myself because I fucking remember this, and I I'm my inner fanboy is slapping me in the face right now. The name of the film, uh, the, that they, they named it. it. Originally, in that film, Bruce Campbell was the demon. Originally. In, in, and then they made this film to try to go pitch it to other people and producers, but, like, nobody was picking it up. And that's when they found um, uh, they found a, a producer for it. Imagine the amount of movies. Oh, it's called In the Woods, yeah. Imagine the kind of movies that could be coming out. If certain producers said yes to certain parts, yes it, it's to certain it happens all the time. It's kind of like Landis, like I said earlier. You know, like fucking nobody wanted to pick it up. This is one of these like alternate universes and other universes. These movies were actually put put out and actually did really well. And, and well, the the cool thing about this movie was that they went out into a cabin that none of them owned. They found it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, let's shoot. Yeah, let's shoot it, it, it was it, and origin- the car was actually Sam Raimi's. Sam Raimi's. Car. Yeah. Originally, the 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 cottage that they filmed in was abandoned. Here's what happened: they were gonna film in Chicago because that's where they were from. But the thing was, is the time they were planning on filming was way too fucking cold. So they're like, fuck that. Let's go somewhere down where it's a little bit warmer. They ended up going to Tennessee, and it's it's I shit you not, the fucking worst thing that happened to them. It was the lowest. Like it was the coldest weather that Tennessee had ever gotten. 
So like, they tried to avoid the cold and, and ended, ended up, up going colder. colder. And like it was so cold that like a lot of the blood, the starch and the blood that ended up getting on their shirts fucking froze on their shirts. Oh my god. Apparently Bruce Campbell tried to put on his shirt after like a bloody ass scene and, and it ended up broke. Up by himself. It yep. broke. It fucking you, broke. You like... <laughs> he set it down and it was standing by itself and then he tried putting it on and it fucking snapped. Wow. You know, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and if it wasn't for a... I'm just gonna be dramatic here and say a visionary. Um, <laughs> a visionary producer. I, I think it, this guy's name was Irving Irvin Shapiro. Yes, you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, he you're was right. the one that helped that movie get um, screened at the 1982 Cannes Film Festival. Yep. If it was not for that, and also Stephen King wrote, and I, I have it in my phone. A yeah, really yeah. great a raving review. A fantastic review. I think it was like a three-page review that wow. ended up in uh, a magazine. Yeah. Though, because of those two things, it helped kind of mm-hmm. pique the interest for Evil Dead and get it released into uh-huh. movies. And this is a movie that other producers weren't... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the same one. And, and here's the thing. Dude. Like... Yeah, like the the it's fucking crazy because originally their budget that they were given was ninety thousand. That was the original budget, and they went completely over budget, like way Wait, ahead. Okay, so if I'm if I heard this right, but it grows they made another one. Million in the theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. They made another one, right? So there, oh, they, it originally was a tr- actually still is a trilogy. A trilogy. Right, it's a, trilogy. they made another one, and then they they let. They re- but Buddy they also had more it. tools. Base, he had more yeah, tools. Yeah, before reboots were th- really hold on. was able to do, to do what he originally wanted. Oh, you're talking about that one. Let me, let me, let me, let me kind of just jump you in real, real quick, and I'm going to, you know, because you're fucking uninitiated as shit, I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to bring you up to speed. It has three fucking movies, the original trilogy. Then after that, it spawned a fucking comic book, okay? It spawned a Damn. fucking comic book. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. It is widely hailed as one of the films that has the highest cult status of all time. Because, like I said, there was a period of time that movie was in fucking purgatory. You couldn't find it, not even to rent it. My brother, like I said, he had to buy a bootleg copy from Taiwan. (laughs) Yeah, and nowadays, if you ask anyone, cult horror film this movie will is the show first up. one it is the top of the list you and and here's what happened basically what happened was people a lot of people like the moment people started hearing about this fucking film everybody rushed to the fucking theaters to go watch it because it was fucking crazy it was doing shit that really tripped people out so hard people were like what the fuck is this it was so fucking crazy um the national viewers and listeners uh, association they were the ones that it was a group made up of a bunch of religious people and uh, politicians <laughs> that like got together and they were like, no, hell no, this is way too bloody. I don't want my kids watching this. Right, and, and the, the, cra- the, the crazy thing. This too, was after the, the the rating thing. The crazy happened. thing about this movie too, I don't know if it still stands today, but even in the '90s and early 2000s, that movie was still banned in Finland. It never got yeah. a release wow. in the country of Finland yeah. because it was too violent. Let me let me let me basically put it into perspective. This kind of this kind of same thing happened with heavy metal. They uh, back in the '80s right. too. MRC. Yep. The, it fucking was a, Tipper Gore started. Yeah, shit. yeah. And there was a bunch of like hair metal bands that you couldn't listen to because of over sexualization. 
The same shit happened with this. They made a bunch of films. They made a bunch of films called The Nasties. And it was a list of a bunch of horror films that were getting confiscated from fucking video stores. The theaters weren't allowed to show it. And on top of that, the that the same group ended up taking Sam Raimi and all of their group to court. They were brought up on obscenity wow. charges. Right. And if Obs- they what the fuck? and if they got all and, over a movie. Yes. And if they would have found, been found guilty, they would have actually gone to jail. To what put things to put yeah. things in perspective, in the 1980s, there was a mass hysteria that was known as satanic panic. So, so people like politicians bored housewives like Tipper Gore, who, like I said, she started the PMRC, which put the rating label on music. They viewed heavy metal as being like a corrupting influence in their children's life. It was taking them away from Christ. It was not, it was not wholesome. Hold on. But this plays into the whole movie thing. It was not wholesome. So they wanted to protect their children and keep them out of satan's grasp because like i said satanic panic was a mass hysteria that was sweeping the entire country i don't know the world i just know in the united states so with these violent horror movies one of which totally triggered these whiny little bitches silent night deadly night oh um, my god yeah that was a major trigger factor too um they felt that uh once again these were corrupting influences in the mind minds of their children and they felt that they would turn to satanism because i guess there were a lot of cult satanic ritualistic murders that happened at one point in the 80s and like i said it created a mass nationwide hysteria so horror movies and heavy metal music were being targeted as the driving forces that perverted these people's minds to commit murders in the name of satan yep and yeah that's why for the longest time the Evil Dead was nowhere on shelves for a really fucking long time. People like people throughout the eighties, even out, even after like years after, even after they had won their fucking case, people still couldn't find a way to get this fucking film. Right. It was well, in purgatory. I watched it for the first time when I was in seventh grade. It was nineteen ninety seven, and I'm telling you, ninety seven. This movie came out eighty one, eighty two. Yeah, and you, you you couldn't find it. You couldn't yeah. find it. It was crazy. But it was so obscure, but such a huge cult phenomenon. And it's one of the few movies too where fans completely disregard the lack of continuity. Yeah. Like every, everyone forgives it because the first one was straight horror. The second one was a horror comedy. comedy. And then the third one was a fantasy. Was, yeah, it was a horror fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Right. And in comedic as well. Yeah. yeah. Very comedic, tongue in cheek, all that stuff. A lot of and, okay. and like I said, there isn't a continuity because the, in the original Evil Dead, it's a group of friends that go to a cabin. It's Ash, our, our hero, his sister, Ash's girlfriend, and his buddy and his girlfriend. Yeah. The characters, obviously, Ash, Linda, Cheryl, Scotty, and... Oh my god, brain fart, brain fart. I know. Shelly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They all go up to the cabin. In the sequel, the horror comedy sequel, it's just Ash and Linda. 
Yeah. That's it. And then obviously in the third one, well, th- it all, all everything goes out the window because Ash ends up in in the medieval yeah, time. Basically, medieval time basically Ash and Linda are in the in the cabin, and then people end up coming to the cabin who ended up finding more pages of the Necronomicon. They try to stop a, what's going on. Right. And well, it wasn't random people. Remind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, keep, it, keep it was. It was yeah. Doctor Nobi. Who was the scientist who yeah. recorded the audio, the audio with for the, the incantation yeah. that resurrected the demons? His daughter finds more, more pages, pages yeah. and, and goes to meet her father and her mother, mother. at the cabin. And they think that Ash ended up killing uh, her family, pretty much. Yeah, so they think Ash is just like a psycho, a fucking psycho killer. But um, enough of that. Yeah. Honorable no. mention time, I guess. That, no, that was my honorable mention. That was mention. his honorable yeah, mention. Oh, shit, yes, that's right. It just took forever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we were Genie. talking about it like it was so, your so, film. So me. Me, I am going, for my first film, I'm going to go super obvious because they're, as far as successful horror franchises of the 1980s, this one was literally at the peak of success in the 80s. I am going with the original 1984 release of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, my earliest memories are watching the Nightmare franchise with my brother. Okay. For me, it's a nostalgic thing. Freddy is my all-time favorite slasher horror movie villain. I think Wes Craven hit a stroke of genius when he thought up Freddy. He thought up Freddy... Uh, there were several there different were, influences. Yes, several different yeah. influences. Yeah, right. But yeah. one of the influences was he was reading about a Cambodian refugee family. They had survived uh, some oh, god-awful some, war yeah, in things. Cambodia. And the son in this family was having night terrors. He would wake up in the middle of the night screaming because I guess he was reliving the horrors he, he faced in Cambodia. Um, it got to the point where just like Nancy, our heroine in the, in the movie, he was hiding coffee makers in his room. Yeah. He was taking caffeine pills and his parents, they just didn't, they didn't understand. They did not understand where these night, ter- why he was having these night terrors. Um, he was afraid that if he fell asleep, he was never going to wake up. He was going to die. Sure enough, his parents, I think, end up giving him some sleeping, sleeping pills. pills. He didn't take them, though. He ended up uh, fucking putting them in his mouth, and he ended up spitting them no, out. No, no, no. Eventually, he takes them. He falls asleep. He has one of his tears, and he dies. He literally, he really dies. So that was one of the inspirations for Freddy. Yeah. The second inspiration was this is a when he was silly. a little boy. Yeah, yeah a he sillier. was a little boy, and he was looking out of his window, and he saw this man that was dressed very similarly to... Fred Krueger, I guess he was walking down the street in the middle of the night, and little baby Wes Craven looks out the window, and this man, this grown adult man, starts taunting him, and Wes Craven never forgot about this (laughs) this man. Yeah. So, those were a couple, I'm not going to go into everything, because because I'll be talking forever. Yeah, because there was a lot of them. But those were a couple of the elements that went into creating Freddy. All these Frankenstein Right, and then, and then, and then... Freddy's physical characteristic was supposed to be very psychological. So he researched color patterns. Yeah. Um, He researched color patterns. So Freddy, yeah, Freddy's sweater, people think it's red and black. It is not not red red and black. black. It is red and like a pine green. Those two colors together are supposed to be really jarring to the mind. What an asshole. They're supposed to. It's like Freddy did it, wore all this 
And he knew it in mind. Right. So they're, it's supposed to be very <laughs> jarring psychologically. It's hard for people to look at those two colors side by side. So that it explains. Does look creepy. Yeah, that explains Freddy's sweater. That yeah, explains well, Christmas, Christmas must be well. a night. Yeah. yeah. His his face happened because of wait what pepperoni pepperoni pizza, pizza. Yeah. yeah 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 wait really yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. never knew that dead, dead on yeah, because originally what they wanted to do and like here's the thing because it, it goes back to that uh thing that he had when he was younger when he saw that old man he originally wanted Freddy to be like 70 80 years old yeah. he wanted him to be old yeah and he had more of a like kind of like um fucking the word that only came to my mind right now was arrogada because like yeah yeah, he wrinkled he looked he wanted his face to look really old and it kind of looked like he had scars on his face it was saggy it isn't the look that we have now like old wrinkled pockmark yeah exactly exactly. and initially and initially england wasn't the first one that was casted as freddy they actually had somebody else casted first you remember who it was? Oh my god, I do. The name is on the tip of my tongue. He was in all, in all of those um, um, Christopher Lee vampire movies. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, why can't I remember? He was an, He's an Englishman. Oh fuck, the name is on the tip of my tongue. I know this. I'm going to let Jenny think about that for no, a no, second. No, no, you go ahead and because <laughs> we'll be sitting here forever. But anywho, he was originally, this actor in the Christopher Lee movies, yeah. was originally cast as Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger. He backed out due to a conflict, and then it, they had to start the casting search all over again. Robert England went in to read, and they ended up falling in love with him, and the rest is history. My favorite part about it, though, is that you have to think about this. England was literally in a fucking waiting room Full of 70 and 80 year old men yes that is true and he somehow wooed west he Craven. was 37 he was 37 huh. at the and time and they were trying to pick up old, 80s, old 80s right right so, old men. and here's the thing that a lot of people wow don't know about the original night the original nightmare okay me like most nightmare on elm street fans absolutely detest the remake what is that but yeah. a lot of the things that the original Kruger fans had a problem with with the remake is that Freddy was a pedophile. And they were claiming Freddy was never supposed to be a pedophile. Actually, I have the documentary film all about the Kruger franchise where Wes Craven himself says Freddy was always a pedophile. Yeah. He's a it, villain. No, no, no. Well, so, well, 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 let me finish. Well, let me, let, let me finish. Yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. more than just that. Okay. The thing is the FCC thought it was too disturbing so he had to cut that out yeah but what I love about Freddy so much without because I gotta stop babbling is think about it when are you the most helpless when you're asleep you have absolutely zero control of what happens in your dreams unless you're a very skilled lucid dreamer which most of us and are not sleep with your eyes open and shit or right. a very light sleeper right and the fact that freddy was a horrific child murderer and pedophile in life who got let out of prison due to a technicality Ho- hey, the search on. warrant being signed Ho- in a wrong on. place hold on that wow. th- that that All part here's the thing i'm, I'm like i'm i'm bringing I'm, this bringing this, I'm bringing this i'm bringing this up because like Freddy is a Le- very legit- well-thought-out yeah. character. Legitimately, like, me... Like, and this is a thing. This is a fucking sad thing. This... This... Yeah, it's really well-thought-out. And, like, the thing is, is that, like... 
there's just so much that like genuinely you fucking hate about his fucking character because a lot of what happened you know like yeah he's a fucking terrible person you know like a lot of like people don't think oh people like that exist you know people, people like, like that, that exist. Do exist and They're here's the and, and here's the thing there's a part there was one part in particular about his whole origin story that really really fucking hit the nail and people were like what the fuck was the part where he was let off yeah because let off because the fucking search warrant was not signed in the right goddamn place uh, and, wow. and and here's the thing that part it's is surreal. so fucking close to home it's so fucking close you have to think that this is a time where police brutality was all over the fucking place well it still is exactly and <laughs> and here's the thing couple uh, was it before or after the Rodney King thing Th way this before. film this is this film came way out way before. before so now looking back at it and looking back at everything you're like shit how many times have people gotten away with bullshit because of technicality this guy fucking killed children how Hundreds the fuck how the fuck are you gonna let that shit go because of technicality. And I'm like, and like me, you know, as a viewer watching this shit from the outside in, when I first watched it, I got so fucking pissed. I fucking legitimately turned it off. Right. I got so mad. But this, is, this, this, is, this is the thing, too. So this right. is how Freddy gets his, uh, I guess, immortality, if you can call it that. So the parents of the children in the community that Freddy Krueger lived in they took the law into their own hands when they let him off. They followed Freddy Krueger down to a boiler room that he lured all of his victims to. Made a trail of gas going all the way outside, lit a match, burned Freddy alive. Now yep. we, we find out in what was supposed to be the final installment of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise that there were these uh, demons that come to Freddy and they offer him immortality yeah. as a way to get revenge on these people that hunted him down and butchered yeah. him rightfully so by the way so yeah. anywho he comes back as a dream demon, demon yeah. he preys on the children of the, the people, people who, who killed, killed him. him to get his revenge for them taking his life exactly so in nightmares one through four it's the it's the you know surviving children of the of the people yeah. who killed him yeah. that Freddy specifically targets and goes after and murders in their sleep, where they can't escape him. Everyone has to fucking and, sleep. And, and here's the thing too, like, this is me going back and like I take like I take nothing from the this franchise because like, it it did what it was supposed to do, and there's a lot of there to me personally. And I'm I'm putting this on here as a spoiler warning because like we we about to get into some heavy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Well, hold on, but, hold on, hold on. But, before hold on, wait, wait, wait. Before I lose this thought, before I lose go this ahead. thought, go ahead. One of the things, even though like the franchise started, uh, you know, Freddy became a little bit more tongue in cheek and a little bit more comedic as the franchise moved along. But I'm talking the original Freddy. You can tell that this man is the definition of a sadist. I mean, he enjoys 
fucking m- mentally, mentally with yeah. his victims. Like, yep. The way he taunts them. Like, he, there's a several nightmares before he finally kills, kills them. You, yeah. He literally terrorizes them. So the very first victim we see in the movie, Tina. Like, oh. there's this... The first scene, like, you see... Str- Freddy's arms stretch it's, from one fence to another, and he's scraping his his razor blade uh, fingers a- along this metal fence, making that screechy noise. Then, then in another part, he pops out from behind a tree, and he's like, "Hey, check this out!" out. And, he and he chops, chops off, off his, his fingers. fingers. Mm-hmm. And then an- another part in that same dream, he cuts himself open, and you just see like these green guts oozing out. Like, he literally just screws with them. He yeah. enjoys torturing Th- that, with the, that torturing his kill victims. That kill is one of the most iconic fucking kills. And it's one of the, mo- the ones that is brought up the most alongside Johnny Depp's. By the way, that's Johnny Depp's first, like, first, actual, yeah. like, fucking feature film. Yeah, that was his first one. Thank you, Wes Craven. But, <laughs> but, uh, what I was going at is, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's so much, like, that, like, I don't take away from this one because it was it did what it was supposed to do. Spoiler warning for another installment of Media Speakeasy. Personally, to me, what horror is supposed to do is it's supposed it's it's an image of reality. There's still kind of like jokes. There's still a lot of truth in what's being said and brought forth to you. The closer it is to truth, the more it's really fucking terrifying. And there's so much that like I and like I'm not gonna take away from this film, but there are a couple things about this film, and I'm not again, this is me taking this isn't me talking shit. There's a lot of things about it that I actually genuinely liked. Especially how they fucking got rid of him. The first two the first two endings, the way they got rid of him, are my favorite ones. Because in technicality, it makes the most sense. It's the most like okay, cool. That makes sense. Not my favorite as far as creative goes because that one goes to four when the souls literally pop out oh, of him yeah. and they start oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. tearing where him apart. Where evil shall see, or where Holy evil sees shit. itself, and it shall die, and he sees his own reflection in the souls. Freddy's power comes from the souls of his victims. So he like somehow swallows their souls, and they they. Fuel him. They make him more. They make him stronger. They make him more powerful. So in the fourth one, like Johnny was saying, the heroine in that movie, Alice, she recites, I guess, some kind of nursery rhyme. And to repeat myself, she says something like, "Evil will see itself, and it shall die." And she turns this broken mirror, and Freddy sees his reflection, and all of a sudden, the souls start literally tearing themselves out Out from his body. In part three, yeah. In part three. Um, the detective, Nancy's father, the heroine from part one, goes to a junkyard with a psychiatrist, because the third one takes place in a, a psychiatric asylum. Hospital, yeah. They find Freddy's remains, and they bury it in consecrated ground with holy water and a cross. Yeah, and um, the way he dies in the dream is really fucking cool, too, because you start to see, like, a cross come on his forehead, and, like, he starts kind of, like... The, emanating the spots, lights the spots from where the holy water hits him now in the first one in the first one what nancy does which it's actually people who are into that new age philosophy and whatnot they tell you this all the time for when you have nightmares and she kind of follows that philosophy she turns her back on freddie and she tells him that he is shit that he's nothing 
But she, he's a real. Yeah, that he isn't real. It's and a she, whole... She tells him, like, I want my mother and friends again. And Freddy literally goes, what? She says, I take back every bit of power I ever gave you. You're nothing. And she, You're shit. And she, the whole giving evil a name, you know, like, don't give evil a name because then you give it power. She turns her back, walks out the door, and he's like, oh, shit. And he disintegrates, pretty much. Well, he goes to stab her. Yeah. And then, like, he turns into this ethereal thing and he just falls yeah. right through her the second one was a lot weirder but like it was homoerotic literally it was targeted to th- th- towards it, the gay community it, and basically love love was pretty much the answer at the, at the end what of the, the second fuck? one which yeah. is really and again i like that, that one crazy. i like both of those endings because again talking like about him so and how he is he virtually has multiple weaknesses oh yeah yeah definitely it's, but he's just a real dick, and people are afraid of him. But yeah. they don't realize he has a weakness. It's, oh, yeah. it's just like getting rid of different fears. Exactly. Uh, different fears have different okay. weaknesses. So, God, this that, that fucking, yeah, that that fucking series is a hell of a roller coaster. We can talk about it all night. Right. Genie. I know too much about it, but I'm withholding information. Oh, yeah. Or else, <laughs> or else this podcast will go another three hours um um okay so my my, my honorable my favorite in this stage show. <laughs> yeah so my honorable mention because you guys did not bring up foreign horror whatsoever oh yeah i feel it has to be brought up i'm going to pick phenomenon by D- dario argento, argento released in 1985 uh, dario argento as probably most of you can tell by the name italian horror movie he is considered the horror maestro of italy um what i love about this movie and what i love about argento in general is his use of camera angles and his mm-hmm. use of color pigmentation pigmentation he, and he color. is suspiria is basically the big it, as that's far as i know i know and i'm like and that's the thing like <laughs> when, I, when i originally started researching i was like Fuck, man! I was like, I swear to God, I thought it was the '80s, but no, it was the '70s. But be- that that film is a staple of why people started using color the way they do. Not even just horror films, other Argento films too. Argento was the one that paved the way for that. But okay, so the reason why I'm picking this too, aside from foreign horror films need a spot in this oh, yeah. '80s thing, is Argento's very unique plots and storylines. So, phenomenon. Jennifer Connelly is this, she's the daughter of an American actor. She gets sent away to an elite Swiss boarding school, but she has a special gift. By the she way, has... hold on, just a little side note. I'm actually really happy that they actually did use Swiss actors for that fucking film because I just watched a film recently where Swiss, uh, Swiss in the Swiss Alps, they had Russian people and all the people were Russian, even though they were played by American and British actors. So... I mean, I mean, I guess, sure. He used Italian actors. He used actors from oh, all yeah. over, but he's known for doing that. He'll use an American. He'll use a German. He'll use an Italian. He'll use a Spaniard. But, yeah, exactly. Have them all in the same movie. And, and they will speak their own language. And I'm so, so happy about that. Exactly. But, anywho, um, going back to the plot. So, Jennifer Connelly, American, daughter of a celebrity. She has a special gift. She has this... She's really into bugs. She's really into uh, bugs. And she has this psychic ability to, to, um, I guess, I don't want to say control, but for a lack of a better term, she can psychically control bugs. bugs. Yep. They're her, but the bugs are her friends, people. 
So yeah. there is this serial killer going around specifically targeting the, young the, girls, the girls and yeah. the students of this academy that she's staying at, which she has a really hard time at. Right off the bat, the headmistress wants her committed because she sleepwalks. She makes friends with a world-renowned uh, entomologist who is played by Donald Pleasance, which we all know is uh, in all Halloween movies. Yep. Um, anywho... Eventually, through her connection with Donald Pleasant's character and her relations with the bugs and her running away from the boarding school, she uses uh, a fly by the name of Sarcophagus to track down the murderer. The murderer ends up being the son of the woman who her father paid to be in charge of her, who's this really formed oh, he needs some milk it just looks like yeah. a monster and again practical effects and it looked amazing the, the, the best way I can describe the way this this fucking thing looked is it looked like a fucking angler fish yes legit yes that's the exactly, best way to describe it exactly so through all this stuff she ends up finding um the where the original murders took place because they move yeah they move at some point and then um she goes to a Swiss bank waiting for wire money to be wired to, for her so she can fly home. And her father's agent or whatever calls this woman that was supposed to be her taking caretaker, care of, yeah. her caretaker. They go back to her new house, and this woman tries to kill Jennifer Connelly's yeah, character. Was, yeah. Um, you know, she falls in this nasty pit, pit that of, has all the bones and rotting yeah. corpses of her son's victims and. And at the end of the day, when the movie's all over, not only are the flies that she can psychically communicate hold on, with... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Okay. I want to... I, I, I don't want to take this from you, but I want to be able to say this because it. it's fucking... Okay. So the thing about Argento, if you have no idea about him, is the whole fucking film, the way he structures his stories, and this is something that I genuinely really fucking love about, um, the best way to describe it... Argento creates these movies that are very, they're very dreamlike. Right. They're very dreamlike, and the way he structures his and stories. They're definitely is, not the norm of horror. They're at they're all. they're like think about it this way. They're kind of like horror fairy tales because mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of really like weirdness into it. One person who took a lot from Argento is fucking um, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. That is his that shit. That is his shit. Watch Crimson Peak. Then watch Suspiria. Tell me I'm wrong. Anyways. You're not wrong. Anyways. The, the, again, so a lot of what he creates is very lucid. You feel like you're Extreme, in a dreamlike state. Which is why he loves point of view camera angles. Yeah. And he loves that rich, rich color. And I guess it's also why, like I said, the thing I love about Argento, his movies are not the norm in horror. Oh, yeah. They, he has slasher films, but oh, they're yeah. not your typical slasher films. Exactly. Whatsoever. I mean, Please correct me if I'm wrong. Who else has put out a movie about a girl who can befriend insects and the insects help her hunt down a fucking, a fucking serial, serial killer? killer? Nobody. And here's Nobody. And, 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 That's and, and, here's my favorite part though. With every single Argento movie, every single one of them, not one of them doesn't like this. There are staples and there are signatures that he always has in every single one of these damn films. One of the biggest ones is that no matter what, there is always a twist at the end. Yep. Every motherfucking time. 
the insects end up saving her ass because she gets stranded. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets stranded in the middle of a lake, um, and that fucked up child is trying to kill her. Kill her, yeah. And the flies end up eating this kid's flesh, Ooh. and he falls into the lake yeah, and yeah, drowns. Yeah. Then, then his mother, out of nowhere, you see she decapitates this police officer that she actually held captive. No, 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 no. It was her, her, father's, her father's agent. agent. Her yeah, father's, father's agent. agent. He shows up in a limo to pick her up. Out of fucking nowhere, you just see this big metal slate come up and decapitate him. You don't know who it is. Then dun, dun, dun. It's a mom. Crazy kid's mother comes wielding this weird metal thing. And right when you think Jennifer Connelly is going to get the axe, the main character is going to die, here's one thing I didn't mention before. The doctor has a pet chimpanzee who is his assistant. The chimp ends up bludgeoning this woman yeah. to death with a straight razor it finds in a trash can. Yeah. So the monkey, yeah. the monkey, not Jennifer Connelly, ends up being the hero of the yep. movie. This is some crazy yep. Not monkey, chimpanzee. The chimpa chimpanzee. Yep. So basically... It, from what I gathered is that she had some bit of like a connection with that monkey to where she can be like help me although the monkey was already kind of on the prowl oh yeah because it watched the the kid's mother slaughter his his owner the 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 doctor in the movie, he's bound so to he a wheelchair. Yeah, well, he's bound to a wheelchair, and he was on one of those lifts on the staircase, yeah. and, and she pushes the button. He can't do anything about it. He's stuck in a chair. And then she takes this uh, custom-built spear that her son uses to kill the, the women with, and he stabs the doctor, and the monkey finally busts in because it got locked out. Finally busts in as he dies. And you see this poor monkey. He's so heartbroken. <laughs> and then he leaves. He leaves the house. He somehow gets... He, he throws himself on top of the killer's car. But the killer starts like swerving and swerving. And the monkey flies off the car. But then they show like next day. Monkeys wandering oh. around a park looking for something to eat. Like you oh, see it reach wow. in a trash can looking for food. Looking for something to drink. And the monkey finds a, a straight a razor. razor. And the monkey just walks away with the razor like, fuck yeah. He's like, I want revenge. And yeah, that twist. The mom comes out. Boom. And on top of that, fucking monkey kills her. Yeah, and they show it like the monkey yeah. just slashing her face slashing this woman That's with that so straight razor so at the end of the day that the hero like the a, hero is the monkey that sounds like a fever dream <laughs> yeah exactly well that was a hell of an experience yes it that was. was a hell of a one um i thoroughly enjoyed this Same. yeah it was fun thanks for dropping in guys uh, thanks thank for thank thanks our, to our guests no, for being thank over. You, thank thank you, you for having me. Much. I I would love to talk horror every single day yeah. if I could. Well, too bad. But, get out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, you're gonna you're gonna have to give David his his seat back. That's his seat. Sorry. Oh shit. Okay. My yeah. butt's falling asleep. Gus, switch me chairs. Oh. Yeah, but anyways, that was another uh, session of Media Speakeasy. We hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you very much. Like, subscribe, comment, and we will talk to you guys later. Adiós. 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 Adiós.